Hey, this is Jim Roos, co-publisher of the Financial Brand and owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report. Today, I'm at the Financial Brand Forum in Las Vegas, where I'm joined by Abigail Posner, the head of strategy at Google's Brand Unit. Hey, it's Jim Roos from the Digital Bank Report. Today, I have Abigail Posner from the Brand Strategy Unit of uh, Google with me, and we're going to talk a little bit about brand strategy, but also disruption in digital age. And uh, Abigail, great job today at the Financial Brand Forum. Thank you. So much fun. Yeah, it's, it's always fun to get on stage. Yeah. Well, yeah. you had a great audience, too. Uh, that's, it helps. So we were talking before you went on stage about the, the whole dynamic of in the financial services industry where we have um, legacy mentality, legacy organizations, people that have not been disrupted that, that really aren't challenged as much as many other industries and then trying to take technology and apply that. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, Google's a technology company, first and foremost, and always has been. Yes. But you're talking about a non-technology industry that has to apply technology. What's the biggest challenge you see with that? There's no question. You know, when I, I talk a lot about technology, as you can imagine, but one of the things I make clear to every audience I speak to is that tech is one aspect of the technological revolution, right? One of the key aspects of technologies changing our worlds is that we change our mentality with it, right? It means changing behavior. It means changing our structures. It means looking at work differently. It means working, looking at our colleagues differently, looking at our competition differently. We don't th- see things as a zero-sum game, for example. Um, collaboration is extremely important. It's not about trying to be competitive inside a company. Working together, also being transparent. That's another big aspect to what it means to be technologically advanced in this day and age. So, of course, the gadgets and understanding data and understanding how to leverage technology is key for success in this new era. But if you don't have the mentality, if you don't have the culture and the value system that goes along with that change in technology, it's all going to be for naught because you're not going to really leverage what what technology can offer a company and, and, quite frankly, the whole industry. Google, from my perspective, has done so much innovation, but almost behind the scenes, where it happens without you knowing. I, I Absolutely. Use it, I use the example in my conversation, in my speeches, that three years ago, you'd go three, maybe four pages before you find what you're looking for. Mm. Now, because of all the learning that's going on, you and I can, can Google the exact same term. You're going to get a different response than I'm going to get. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to be going off first page, which is really also Mm. what Amazon does Mm -hmm. from the standpoint of saying, we want to make it so that you don't abandon your shopping cart or abandon your search, but making it easier and simpler. But it doesn't mean something brand new. I mean, you know, sometimes the only change I see is the way you spell Google or the dynamics of visually what you do with Google. But with that, how much of the innovation has to be dynamic Mm. versus just in the name of the consumer? Such a great question. First of all, Google's always about being user first, right? That's been its mentality all the time. And part of being user first is not being obnoxious, right? And so much so that sometimes it annoys me, right? I'll wake up and my phone has gone through a reboot because there have been some changes that Google has made to make my life easier. But meanwhile, I have to now figure it all out. Like, oh, wait a second, now now the color scheme is different. But honestly, then I relax and laugh about it because within two seconds I figure it out. But the point is they are trying to constantly make my life better without 
pushing it out to the entire world that they're doing that. Right. Right? They're always looking for how can we improve, how can we improve, how can we improve? And by the way, going back to your point about culture, that's also part of the culture. Yes. Right? Which yeah. is so important. Constant and never-ending improvements. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not being too precious about anything. Because if you are, first of all, you'll be late to market. Yeah. Right? And you want to be first to market. But also... So it's not good to be a fast follower? Um, <laughs> If you're following Google. No, um, no it's, it's definitely fine to be a follower, but put your own spin on it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it becomes unique to you. Yeah. Um, and that's really what I was talking about today, which is every idea is somewhat derivative. You're adding your spin to it. You're adding your world to that to come up with something new. So, yeah, I mean, again, taking advantage of technology means taking advantage of this new culture that came with it. And we sometimes look at the fact that, you know, when you do an update, you're talking about updates in your phone, that the tech companies are all, you see them always on your update list. You don't find your financial institution having to have that delay of a spin to say, oh, it's not available right now because it's updating. Right. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. But you don't wait for the big exposure of, of a big, huge fix. Mm. It's usually that little term that Apple uses or Google uses where you say, or Droid uses that says, you know, this, this thing is just subject, making it easier for you to yes. do your things, whatever right. that it's constant. Is. It's yeah. constant. It's constant. Yeah. So it keeps you on your toes. That is for sure. But it's all, it, you also know it's in the name of making either your life easier or your life more inspired, more particular, personalized to you. <clears throat> so it definitely has its benefits. So you have personalization, you have digitalization. And a lot of that takes more data and more understanding each individual consumer. Mm -hmm. But with that comes privacy. Mm -hmm. What role does management and leadership have to take from the perspective of leadership? And, and I'm sorry, as far as privacy. Well, I mean, Google takes that very seriously. I, I am not an expert at that, so I can't speak with um, much confidence about exactly what they're doing. But there's no question that for Google, it's very important that we maintain those boundaries when people want them. So you can opt out of things, for example. Yeah. You don't have to open yourself up if you don't want it. I personally like that because I, I like personalization. The only thing I don't like about personalization is sometimes I'm not exposed to other things because the system thinks that this is what I want all the time. And I do want it that. That's yeah. my appetite yeah. for, you know, that's my my menu of things I like. But you never know when something out, out of your comfort zone will be interesting too. So that's my only issue with it, not so much the privacy thing. Is it an opportunity or a challenge, do you believe, privacy? I, I, think, it, I think any challenge is an opportunity, quite frankly. Mm. I mean, that's part Again, part of the mentality. Because it's a value transfer where if you do data application well, yeah. then you're raising the value exchange that, right. by Absolutely. the way, you're not just taking the information, you're giving me something in return. Exactly. But if you don't do that, you've right. broken the bond, and I don't want to share that with you anymore. And we've, we've seen that. Yeah. We saw that with Facebook to a degree and other entities. A absolutely, absolutely. And, and we're, all, you know, we, we're navigating through this. The thing we sometimes forget is technology is advancing at such speeds and there's always going to be some chink in the armor until you fix it. We have to all recognize that sometimes there are going to be issues. As long as we're together going, okay, let's fix them together. Yeah. Let's not go and you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater. But right. fix it together like we fixed everything over time. We sometimes get so caught up in the whole digitalization concept yeah. and, and data and all that. But brand's still important. You talked about that today at the Financial Brand Absolutely. Forum. How does brand play into this and how is it more important... Now that everything's so technology advanced, to bring that humanization to it and, and to make sure your brand is still front and forward. At the end of the day, what are brands? They're stories. 
their stories about the, these companies and products, right? So it's a way for them, for, for us to understand who they are, what their values are, um, what they bring to the table. So storytelling is fundamental to human existence, right? That is what we're all about. And at the end of the day, brands want to connect with us. They don't want to compel us. They don't want to convince us through logic. That's what happens when, you know, it's an added bonus that it has fewer calories. What they want to do is connect with us at a human level, and they need stories to do that. And so what the digital stuff does is actually, hopefully, make those stories better yeah. because we understand human beings better, because we've made it faster so we can focus more time, uh, more time on the storytelling and less on the, digi the digital stuff that goes on behind the background. Listen, I, I talk a lot about AI. I am not the world's expert on AI by any means, but we use artificial intelligence every single day, yeah. every single day. And one of the things I try to impart, especially to creative worlds who are scared of it, it's like, wait a second, they're taking away all the grunt work. Right? All the work that you'd have to do by hand, they're taking away. So now you can take that and leverage it for more creative means. And that's the same thing with technology. I don't think anybody in the technology world wants to somehow usurp humanity. Yeah. yeah. No, they want to make it better. And, and get rid of the grunt jobs. I mean, get, yes. oh, by the way, we've gone through this before. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the challenge is going to be how do you educate and train Right. the new and old generations to be able to still play a role in, in an environment that has fewer entry-level jobs that can be replaced by AI or robotics or anything right. else? Well, I think partly it's to explain really the role of technology. Because I believe those folks who feel like their, their jobs are getting usurped or their worlds and cultures are getting usurped, if they really understand the role of the technology and the value of it, I'm not saying it's not going to it's not gonna wreak some havoc. It will, and technology always has. Yeah. Has always, since the dawn of time, since we figured out fire. Yeah. It's all, fire, look what happened today. Yeah. Fire dismantled one of the biggest- the most historic right. buildings in the world, yeah. But would you say we don't want fire? If we didn't yeah. have fire, we didn't yeah. have lights. Yeah. We couldn't cook, we couldn't stay warm. So we've always had seen both sides of it. So I'm not saying, I'm not Pollyannish, I'm not saying that everything is gonna be hunky-dory, but I think it starts with a true understanding of really the role of technology yeah. and what it's used for. And if we do that, maybe those folks who feel like, uh-oh, it's gonna take over my job, maybe they say, wait a minute, what am I really good at? I'm good at this, I'm good at that. How do I use the technology now to make what I'm good at really good? There was a story recently about senior citizen coders. Now, that's a bit of a challenge in our brains. We yeah. can't imagine that. But they found a way that worked for them and who, and who they want to be. Well, it, it makes them more human. Yes. It, it makes them feel more powerful, yes. more empowered. And, and the reality is it, it's, it's also about making sure that as, as humans, because the world's going so fast that we're also moving. Mm. You, you mm. used to be able to almost sit tight for a whole generation, for your whole life, and not really be disrupted too much. That's not gonna happen ever again. Right. And we, we can't expect it to come back. No, and not only that, it's the human existence. We have always tried to progress, 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 progress. And I'm not saying it's always been smooth. Yeah. And I'm not saying we haven't had some bumps along the way. That's part of the human existence, is learning how to navigate through that. But you're right. I think we all wanna feel like we're growing, yeah. and we're contributing, and when the world is growing, you want to be growing with them. Yeah. However it means, or however it 
connects with what you want to do and who you want to be. Yeah. There are many aspects to technology that really have no meaning to me. I just don't care. Doesn't mean I, I, don't, I don't hate it. I, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But there are aspects to it that really you know, holds a lot of value for me and who I want to be. And so glom onto that and find ways to grow and progress as it grows and progresses. Finally, last question, but a pretty important one. Sure. The importance of voice. Obviously, Google's in the, the doggone the center of it all, mm. but it's also AI, it's also humanized. It's, mm -hmm. it's a changing of the way we communicate and the way we interact. Right now, for lack of a better term, we're, we're still looking at voice as being a way to answer very simple questions mm. and tell us the weather and sports mm. scores. But it could very easily become proactively a, a digital concierge in the real world Absolutely. where the device becomes your, your agent. Right. Where I mean, do you see it going? You know, it's funny. My husband, who's late to smartphones, talks to his phone. I don't talk to my phone. I'm still, I, to me, I'm typing, I, but he talks to his phone. So it, it, it's re it really is enabling people to do what they want and connect, and, and connect faster. So it's a, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And now in, in the world of advertising, we're using it more. I think it's still untapped because I think, I mean, granted, it's something that is gonna simplify our lives. Again, it takes the grunt work out of typing and misspelling. But I think we've just scratched the surface of it because there is something about talking, right? Other species don't talk, we talk. And so I would love to decode that. I mean, part of my background is, and, and one of the reasons I became so, so much of a public speaker was I leveraged my background in anthropology. Remember, I said, take what you're good at and connect it to tech. When I first came to Google, I didn't know tech, but I knew anthropology. And I knew that there was this dearth of understanding, real understanding of the role of technology in our lives. And I said, aha, I'm going to connect my anthropology background to that. And so I examined all these different technologies and surfaces and so forth. And so voice is the next frontier that I would love to decode and find out through an anthropological lens, what is, what is it really and what could it really do? What seems to me, we found in the financial services, some of the companies have found that people don't really want to interact by face, you know, facial. Mm -hmm. You think that they might, but they really don't. Mm -hmm. They don't even want to do it necessarily by, by voice all the time. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to type in because mm -hmm. they don't have to be up and alert. Mm -hmm. But more than anything else, I think everybody wants the advisory side of this to say, mm. how do I stay out of trouble? Mm. How do I avoid things going on? And how do you have that, that dialogue that may even start with a device based on my history? You know, yeah. we look at cars. You know, a lot of this technology, you just, you look at the advancements, you go, it's amazing what's happened. But, you know, within 10 years, you went from cars that, the only, when you got an accident, that's the first time you knew you got an accident, to now cars warning you, slowing you down, right. getting you in your lane, right. maybe completely driving on, on behalf of you, right. much safer than you've ever done. We just saw, you know, a rocket take off and have three rocket launchers land in different places, yeah. one of them on a floating platform. You just go, we take this all for granted now. Totally. But it's, it's voice is going to be upon us, I believe, yeah. so quickly. And Google's in the center of that. And I, I think it's interesting because the insight and the information and be able to apply that Mm. The way the tech companies do it is, is totally exciting. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, so much of what we do at Google is to really anticipate what people's needs are and wants are. And your point about being able to speak to somebody and help them, help them navigate is, yeah. is ultimately what we want to do. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a movement, as you just said, from reacting yeah. to anticipating. Right. And which is more of the human 
helping thing to save time and save money and look right. out. It's the consumer wants you to, to know them, look out for them, and reward them. And then, then the, that rewarding is knowing me better. Well, yeah, I mean, to, to just cap that off, I think the best is when it inspires me. When it knows me oh, more than great. I know me and says, I think you're gonna like this. Or you didn't realize that's how you should use your money, but I have some ideas on how you should reallocate your finances. And to think in that direction takes a transformation of leadership and culture. Culture, Because yes. it's not about how much money you can make or how much money you can save. It's how connected you can become with the consumer. Absolutely, and I have talked to other financial groups, and so much of that is back to the core, back to the core of business building and marketing. Know your customer, really, and now you have the ability to do that. Know your customer, and your point about leadership. I just came from another speech where I talked all about leadership, and it's a different type of leader today, very different type. Which is hard because we talk about the fact that not only the banks led by traditional old school guys that came up to the ranks, that's just what, yeah. but the regulators are just the next level of old, mm. stodgy bankers. They're not picking up young technologists to mm. be the regulators, yeah. and that's where the challenge is. And in the banking world, we see that the most progressive and most advanced financial institutions, like a, like a BBVA, right. were led by technology and, and, Interesting. and, and technology and engineers, not by bankers. And can I just say one more thing too? Yeah. That I think would be so liberating for leaders, they don't have to do it all. Yeah. Like this is one of the new systems of value for this new age. It's like, it's again, it goes back to collaboration. Leaders today have so much on their plates, you do not have to be a dictator. That's too much work. You have a team that works with you, collaborate and share ideas. Great. Thank you very much. You I appreciate your time. You're my pleasure. Thanks. Enjoy. Thanks for listening. This is Jim Roos again, co-publisher of the financial brand and owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can learn more about the Digital Bank Report and the financial brand by visiting digitalbankreport.com or thefinancialbrand.com. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. Producer Bridget Coyne, in-studio engineer Eric Coltnow, and additional thanks to my audio team for recording today's interview. For more information, go to evergreenpodcast.com. This is your host again, Jim Roos. Thanks for listening, and I hope to see you sometime at one of my many events globally. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.